0: Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Jason Zenger, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jim Carr. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm
1: great. Good. You said that very eloquently. Thank you. I might add. We'll see when we record next week's episode and I get to do the intro, and we'll let the listeners decide who says it better. You or
0: or me. For those of you out there, this is the new making chip structure. We have a new intro. We're going to be doing things differently because you need to think differently about manufacturing. Awesome. That was a
1: great segue and we are thinking differently. And I will tell the Metalworking Nation that Jason was the one that decided to put the thought out there for us to kind of Hit the refresh button on making chips and, um, you know, make it a little different because, you know, we we don't want you to get bored. We, you know, we want you to be engaged with us and, you know, everyone likes something new and exciting. So we're going to still be bringing the great commentary and we're going to be equipping and inspiring you with relevant manufacturing news. And I think there'll be a little bit of entertainment value in it still but um, at the end of the day we hope you genuinely enjoy this new structure and please let us know if you do or
0: don't like it Jim does have the voice and you know everybody and the looks and and the looks but what they don't realize is that I am the puppet master and he's my puppet (laughs) Jim laughing hysterically (laughs) under his breath
1: well, one thing is we're still at our home studio here on Goose Island at the DMDII, the Digital Manufacturing Design and Innovation Institute. In Chicago. In Chicago, Illinois, one of our favorite places. And you know
0: what? We're actually um, going to be meeting up with some folks from another manufacturing Um, Mecca here in Chicago, M-Hub. So we're meeting with um, Haven and Bill from M-Hub today for lunch. And so- The main um, principles over there. Yeah. If you do know uh, those folks and what they're doing over at M-Hub, I would definitely suggest that you go and check that out. It's a great budding location for entrepreneurs and makers that are trying to make things and innovators. I mean, it's just a great thing what they're doing out there.
1: Could not agree with them more. Go check it out, M-Hub. It's in uh, West Town in Chicago, Illinois. So Jason you you sell tools at Zangers don't you?
0: We do. We sell yeah. high technology cutting tools in order to help our customers make more parts faster and cut their costs. That's yeah. what we do.
1: Well, I'm I'm your million, million dollar customer, there right? Are. Yeah, absolutely. You're my favorite. So I, I knew that before I even asked the question, but you know, I often wonder, you know, because I I put myself in a position where I think is car leading edge is what we, are what we doing a car really leading edge and would you say that a lot of your clients come to you, your inside salespeople or your outside salespeople like Tom Singer, and say, "Tom, can you help us because we really want to amp up our cutting tool technology in our shop"? How often do you hear that, Jason?
0: Well, we we do all the time. I mean, it's it's part of what we do. I mean, we have our um, what we call our continuous improvement process that we go through with customers in order to help them, you know, drive innovation, increase their productivity cut their costs and we have like a very structured process that we go through in order to help our customers with that but as you know i mean we're only one component in in the chain so i mean we try really hard to do what we do really well but you know there's the machine tools there's the um, you know the ERP side of things. There's the the process. I mean, there's just there's so many components to a company being on the cutting edge of technology, and we really try to own our part really well and do it well. Yeah. But we think our part is very important. Sure. Well, in this
1: episode, what we're mainly going to talk about is uh, 1,000 psi through the spindle coolant. It's a, it's a new technology in uh, machine tools, CNC machine tools. There's been a lot of chatter about it lately in in amongst my peers, and I thought this would be a good discussion. I, I uh, love it. I yeah. think, I think
0: it's a great subject matter, and, and you know, even though this is related to the machine tool as opposed to the cutting tool, it, oh, this, they're definitely a they for sure. They work in tandem, and, and you know, it it makes what we do that much better. Sure. And before we
1: go there, I just want to share with uh, the metalworking nation, uh, we're going to have some fun next week, huh? We're
0: going to be down in Miami. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. You know, it, share it, with it's a, the listeners what we're going to be doing. Well, it's a little bit bittersweet for me personally. So we're going to be leaving this Thursday AM um, early, AM early, seven AM flight. flight. Yeah, so we got to be. Please don't be late. Uh, oh, I won't. I get up early. you know okay. me I'm up at five. Should um, I have Bloody
1: Marys at the bar ready for us before we get there? Um, we better now. We got to work that night.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, we do. Okay. So we're going to be going to Miami for the manufacturing meeting, the AMT manufacturing meeting. It's going to be fun. And when I say it's going to be bittersweet, I'm only going to be able to fly in for a day and then I have to fly back. So I'm sorry, as the metalworking nation knows, um, if if you've been listening for a while, I'm having my fourth baby soon, so my you're wife the baby making machine, yeah, man. exactly. So my wife said, if you're going to go, you better come back quickly, yeah. so um, because that baby is due, you know, end of March. So yeah, yeah so I'm I'm going in there and got to come back and help to take yeah. care of the family. My wife is large and in charge, and she's, uh, you know, she'd be mad at me if I if she heard me say that, but she needs some help, so because she's very pregnant right now. Totally get it. But I, I'm I'm looking forward to the manufacturing meeting. Yeah, it's gonna be, I mean, they're going to have gonna us fun. out by the pool. Yeah, we're going to uh, be doing our first podcast. In our bathing suits
1: Well, you might be in your bathing suit But I'm not But we're definitely going to be In a cabana Outside at the uh, Durrell, Miami And we're going to be uh, Equipping, inspiring, and entertaining The audience at the manufacturing meeting That's co-sponsored by NTMA and AMT I'm really looking forward to it We've got a good show structure Teed up already For that particular event It should be great So it's uh, Thursday, March 8th And we are going to repurpose the show.
0: Yeah, you're going to hear our discussion that we have at the manufacturing meeting because
1: we're going to be interviewing Mike Ramsey of Canna
0: yeah so you're not going to hear everything that happens at the manufacturing meeting you're going to hear the interview. Gemini's interview that we're going to have there and I would highly encourage you obviously if you're not signed up already and not planning on going you're not going to be going because it's happening this Thursday but I would highly encourage you to think about going to a um, meeting like this next year it's great to just meet people and learn new things and really elevate your manufacturing leadership I'm looking forward to it So what I get do- to stay a few days too with my wife, yeah, you're you're lucky. Yeah, you do get to do that. So,
1: what's on the manufacturing news? You picked this one. Why don't you start this one off?
0: Yeah, I thought this was interesting. It's it's in Bloomberg and reputable. It's it, it not was, fake news. No, it's not fake news. <laughs> uh, but nothing that comes from making chips is fake news. It's always real. So,
1: well, we do the best we can.
0: Yeah. So on March 1st of 2018, that's when this just was the published. Other day. Yeah. yeah, it was just the other day. Manufacturing in U.S. expands at fastest pace since May of 2004. Oh God, I. You,
1: I get goosebumps when I hear that kind of stuff. You know, I'm always the one leading the manufacturing news about about the optimism in our industry and the manufacturing renaissance. And I I tell you, Jason, when when I hear headlines like that, I literally get goosebumps. It gets me so darn excited about our industry because this is what we want. We are finally having a moment. I mean... 2004. That's been 14 years since we've seen um, excitement in our industry that good.
0: Yeah, And, and it says in this article the factories are having some difficulty keeping up with the demand, and I can I can attest to that because you know we are really trying hard as a company to help our customers to keep up and to increase our productivity because demand is the big thing right now. I mean, you know, all of our clients are busy. Right. I mean, it's I mean January started off i wouldn't say slow it started off about constant to the previous january but february has just been going yeah. february and march have just been going nuts and um it's good nuts you know but sometimes it gets a little little overwhelming at times
1: yeah i would agree with that um you know we're very busy as well and we're buying new machinery and you know if we're buying new machinery we've got to have the work to support it so uh yeah it, that's exciting though 14 years my gosh that's just uh that's great. It's it's thrilling. I'm
0: going to read a, a quote from this article. Yeah, go. All indications are that demand will continue to grow, said Timothy Fiore, chairman of ISM's factory survey committee. There's a number of issues going on here in the supply chain that's pushing things up. The net result is that there are problems in inventories which are growing. So inventory is low. People need to to really start amping up production. And I had a conversation just yesterday with a customer, um, who told me, you know, production is really going to ramp up. And and we have these customers and they're telling us they're going to send us the POs and these projects take a long time. Right. And I'm having that issue too. And, and, you know, when you're talking with people that are dealing with like, you know, second and third tiers, their customers want to get the PO off to them, but it's going to take months for them to catch up sometimes with, with, depending on the project. So, you know, there's some people that are in offices that don't quite understand. Um, My
1: head's starting starting to hurt already yeah, by be- thinking about that because that's exactly right. They release the purchase order too late. We need time. Here's the you know, PO. Can you ship it tomorrow? Yeah, right. I mean, I-, I have a new customer that want actually wants parts like in two days, and you know we're out six weeks. If I can do it, I will. as a is a favor, but you know, when man, your the manufacturing
0: big- magic wand,
1: right? Well, it's the big contracts that they the the customers have to give us some upfront time, let us know when it's going to hit or something, you know, so we can tool up and amp up and, you know, be proactive in in our efficiencies and, and schedule the machines to those particular long-running jobs that are coming in the future.
0: Well, you know what's one way that you can um, ramp up the production? How's that? High-pressure coolant.
1: Hey, Jason, you know, it's all about... A smart workforce, right? It's all about educating the future generation. And, you know, IMTS is really going to focus on educating the younger generation at our future IMTS 2018.
0: Yeah. I mean, we workforce development is a big issue right now. And we really need to be looking towards the future and saying, how are we going to equip the new generation in order to take the place of the current manufacturing leaders that are looking towards retirement?
1: All those boomers are going to go bye-bye very soon. Bye-bye, boomers. We need to get the young the new millennials in and let me tell you i was just on the imts.com site looking at the conferences looking at their smart force summit that they're having for the students it looks fantastic there is so many you wouldn't believe it but get to imts.com register to go bring it on Yeah, Jason, you're right. You know, 1,000 PSI through the spindle coolant is really, really the talk among my peers right now. Um, they introduced it. I don't. I actually, quite frankly, don't even know how many years ago, but it's getting more, it's gaining in popularity. It's been around
0: for a while, but it's definitely gaining popularity. It's definitely.
1: We, you know, most of my equipment, I have not bought a CNC machining center without through the spindle coolant since 2008 eight so 10 years but i've it's all been the low pressure about 300 3 300 350 three, yeah something yeah. like that but now the big push is 1000 or 1200 psi through the spindle coolant a uh, much bigger motor to generate the horsepower to push that coolant through the spindle and a larger sometimes just an ancillary coolant tank to house 50 extra gallons of coolant to push it through because you've got the regular flush coolant going on at the same time that you have the uh, through the spindle the high pressure coolant as well but I have to tell you when I was looking at a, a CNC machine tool last summer I talked with an Outside salesman at Chiplaster, who is a leading edge.
0: They're one of the main brands as it relates to the high pressure coolants. No yeah. doubt about it. That's what we see out there as well.
1: And I was thinking, you know, is this the right thing for a car? Is it? You know, it's sometimes seven, eight, nine, ten, fifteen. I was thinking, thousand dollars more. Yep, I mean, exactly. that's significant. it's oh, a yeah. significant. When you're buying a CNC machine tool and you're adding that on, you know, it's something to think about. You
0: really need to look at what is my ROI going to be on that eight. A- ten or twelve thousand dollar upgrade
1: exactly so the minute this outside salesman told me that i can run the surface feed for minute ten times faster than i could with a low pressure through the spindle coolant that's when i got goosebumps that's when i got excited and that was the tipping point for jim carr whether or not i was going to get that on my next machine
0: well, I'll tell you what, I, I did talk with my main applications person, Tom Sanger, who's our continuous improvement yeah, he's a specialist, great guy. and um, he didn't mention anything about 10 times, um, but he did say that he wished that every um, machine had high pressure pumps on it. I can verify with him whether 10 times is is an accurate number. I mean, he would know that. Should we uh, find pretty, out? I'm pretty confident. Yeah. I. You know, do you want to give him a call? Yeah, I'll give him a call. Let's give see. Give him a call. Hello. Hey, Tom. Jason Zanger. What's up? Jim and I are recording live, and we got you live on making chips.
1: Ah. Uh! That's oh, the truth. For the what can I do for you? <laughs> well, we're talking a little bit about 1,000 um, PSI through the spindle coolant, and Jason said, oh, you know, I, be- I was talking with Tom the other day about this, and Tom had some relevant information to share with me. And so we thought, I said, why don't you just call the guy? Maybe he's got something to add that I don't even know. And, I, you know, I know a lot, Tom, but maybe you can kind of, you know, Enlighten me a little bit more on something. Now, before we called you, I said that I was talking with an outside salesperson with Chip Blaster when I was thinking about buying it for my CNC machine tool. And he told me, that was, this was my aha moment, that I can run 10 times faster surface feet per minute by utilizing the high pressure coolant. And when
0: when I heard Jim say 10 times, I was a little bit suspicious, and that's where I suggested, hey, let's give Tom a call and see if that 10 times number really sounds accurate. What do you think? I agree. Okay. See? Okay. I do know it all. I agree. I agree. You know, for, for higher surface footage and increased penetration rates with deep hole drilling, it's phenomenal.
1: Yeah. It is. And you know, for some people that don't even know what the benefits are of either low pressure or high pressure through the spindle coolant is a you want to keep the very tip of that carbide tool cool. A so it doesn't wear out and it doesn't work hard in your material. B, you want chip evacuation. You want that chip to be pushed up through the hole and out the top because your ch- chips in the hole is the biggest thing that's going to degradate the efficiencies of drilling.
0: Tom, the one thing that you have to get used to is that, and we did call you to get your perspective on this, but Jim loves to talk and he loves to talk over people. But... <laughs> So you're getting a little taste of what, what, what I get such, used to? Such a but Am I right, Tom?
1: Everything you're saying is spot on. I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank so, you. So
0: what, what are your initial thoughts when a customer goes to you and says, you know, I'm thinking about getting a high-pressure coolant system for my existing machine, or I'm buying a new machine tool and I'm deciding whether to uh, invest in that high-pressure coolant system? Most oftentimes, I hear about it when there are customers considering purchasing a new machine. And when it's offered to them as an option or whatever, I always say go for it by all means. Uh, tooling guys, you know, when we see a, a machine tool that has through-the-spindle coolant and high pressure, it's a great day for us because this customer gets it and he can utilize All the cool high performance tooling.
1: Plus, Tom, the tooling that you're going to sell them is going to work so much more efficiently it's phenomenal it's It's gonna it's gonna get everybody in that facility and more most importantly the president excited about what they're actually doing in the shop and when you integrate the new high technology cutting tools with the 1000 psi through the spindle coolant i mean that's a marriage mate in heaven i mean that's an every process every job with that mentality And it's ching, ching for the shop owner. It absolutely is. And
0: I I think that's great feedback, Tom, that, yeah, you get to process every job with that technology. And I also like what you said before, that when you see that, you know that that business owner gets it because he wants to ramp up his productivity. Totally. This guy's not going to bust my balls about a couple bucks on, on an insert. You know, he gets it.
1: Well said. Could not agree more.
0: Well, Tom... Thank you for taking the phone call and um you know I wish we we could have given you a little advance notice and said that we were going to call you but you know hey sometimes you're going to get a phone call from Jim and Jason and um you're going to be live on making chips. <laughs> so you bet. thank you Tom. You got to get over to my That's shop soon. Great, All right, see you, buddy. Bye Tom. Right. So I want to just reiterate, I I did love some of the stuff that Tom said, you know, when you see those high pressure coolant systems and it's not, you know, I don't want to say that, you know, every machine needs to have it. You need to be very calculated in those decisions that you make. But when you see that high pressure system, you know that that person gets the overall picture and that they really need to stay productive and they want to make the best use of their technology, the tooling and everything. And there's just, there's just certain tools that are just going to work that much better on high pressure through the spindle system.
1: Right, well all the high tech tooling that you're selling me nowadays has that ability to use that technology not only through like on a drill right down by the flutes but like on end mills. You can you can get it like in your end mill holders. You can get the um the small Coolant feed holes right through where it comes through. So it's actually pointing right down into the hole where your end mill is starting to, you know, do tricoidal milling or, or anything else. Because remember, Jason, at the end of the day, the chip is not our friend when we we're machining. We need to get that chip off the part because it's going to degrade the tool and the material if it gets like caught up in there well
0: absolutely so i mean the high pressure systems really help with chip control i mean you know when you see these pictures of people dealing with these like wads of you know stringy chips all over the place a lot of those applications can be solved with some high pressure coolant to break apart the chip. There's no doubt about it that that is going to help you to increase your and productivity. And a chip breaker uh, p- integrated into the, into the uh, and, and insert or, or whatever. Yeah, and there's a lot of there's a lot of new um, technology where they bring the coolant just directly to the cutting edge one of the one of the products that comes to mind just right away because i was i was at their meeting is um you know Iskar's jet cut system um and i i just know this because um we're a distributor for them but it works it brings that coolant right to the cutting edge and it's especially good for high temperature alloys, difficult to machine materials, you know, stainlesses, you know, stuff like that.
1: Not to mention your it's gonna it's much better for tolerancing. You can you can retain your hole centers, you get more trueness in your holes. I mean, not only are you running 10 times faster without pecking on a cutting tool, but the tolerances that you can attain are like through the roof and significantly much more efficient than your older technology.
0: Well, just think about something, Jim. Let's just say- I think all the time. I, I know you do. Yeah. Let's just say that you you got an RFQ from a customer. Okay. And it had a bunch of holes that needed to be drilled. Okay. And, um, you know- It was a
1: 4140 pre-hard material.
0: Let's just say it was uh, something nastier. Give me a nastier uh, material that you do. 300
1: series stainless. Okay.
0: So- and let's just say it's a I don't know um, a half inch hole. Okay. Okay. Pretty something, easy. Something pretty easy. Yeah. Um. But let's just say you have high pressure coolant. Okay. And through the spindle coolant. I do. And the other guys that are getting those RFQs don't have that. You're going to be that much more competitive. Absolutely. I'm going to be running ten times you're gonna faster. You're going to be. You're
1: going to be, gonna be dr- drilling holes like there's no tomorrow.
0: Yeah. You're going to be drilling like a punch press. Right. I mean, you know, where's. <laughs> That would be nice, <laughs> you know. But I mean, in <laughs> comparison to the guy that doesn't have that,
1: right? No, we will, and not only that, but the material is going to be more stable. It's not going to work harden. The tool life is going to be significantly longer than it would if we were weren't running with the the through the spindle coolant. But there, there's just so many advantages to to utilizing it, you know. And I think at the end of the day, Jason, we all know that integrating these new technologies into our shop. Is important. It it is going to have the ROI. You just got to be the person to take the chance, pull the trigger, and go with it. And then you have to make sure that your people in your shop are utilizing it to
0: its full potential. That's huge because you have to make sure that your your team is ready to take on that technology. There's a lot of people that you know. Maybe um, I can't think of another word. Maybe a little bit old school in their thinking. Or they're just afraid to go that fast. Right. You know, but we're in a competitive environment and you have to push your people to go faster and say, you know what? These are the <laughs> these are the speeds and feeds that we're being told that we can go at and we need to push it and you need to not be afraid to do that. And I know that you, you've you experienced that before and you've talked to other people that have dealt with those issues where it's like, well, my people just, they don't want to go that fast. And and sometimes they'll even dial it back afterwards, but you, you got to be willing to push yourself. So- What I would ask the Metalworking Nation is, where in your company can you implement something like high-pressure coolant systems? Where are you machining the same way that you always have? You're always behind in your production. Or you could just cut some costs out of the supply chain by implementing uh, and making an investment in high-pressure coolant. And then you need to actually... Bring it to your team and say, hey, I've got this idea. I was listening to making chips. They were talking about, you know, thousand PSI cooling and how much it's going to help me. I think we need to consider implementing this in our production and make a decision. And you know, you really need to push yourself to to get past the way that you've always done things. You need to think differently about your manufacturing.
1: Touche, very well said. And I could not agree with you more. It is a team. Consideration though, because like I said, if you're going to invest seven, eight, nine, ten thousand dollars more, and then the, the cutting tool technology, too, in addition to, you have to have your entire team on board that they're going to run that tooling exactly how the manufacturer wants you to run it. If they say 10 times faster, that's going to be the benchmark. We're going to start there and see how it goes. If the tool breaks, well, then the tool breaks. You better have a backup piece of metal or another tool. So just dial it back from there, but at least go with what is been originally benchmarked for that particular tool.
0: So think about your manufacturing. Think about how you can do things differently. Get your whole team on board.
1: All right, Jay-Z, another good episode of Making Ships. Uh... Boy, I kind of like the new structure here. It's uh, it's it's awesome, and don't forget to listen to our professional outros after this as well. We have um, we pre-recorded three uh, voice talents that are going to give you the call to action that we think you need. Uh, if you want to know a little bit more about us, we're going to let them tell you how to get a hold of us. Again, it's always a great day when we're at the end of the episode, and I feel inspired to go back to my shop and communicate all of this stuff that we just talked about today to my team members and get them excited about the stuff that I'm talking about
0: to you today. And look, Jim and I, you don't pay anything for for making chips. The only thing that we ask is that, tell your friends. Yeah. Say, hey, I know this great resource for learning new things about manufacturing, how to think differently about manufacturing. Tell your friends, get the word out. With that, Bam! bam!
1: Thanks for listening to the Making Chips podcast. Jim and Jason knew that the metalworking nation, the community of world-class makers, needed to commit to a new way of leading to stay ahead of the competition. So, Making Chips was created to fill that void, to give you advice from other manufacturing leaders who can push you to take action. Your manufacturing challenges have a solution, and many of them are at Making Chips. Tell your friends that Jim Carr knows a lot about machine tool technology and that Jason's kind of like just following in his footsteps.
0: (laughs) Shut up. You just had to try to get me back. Cut that part out, Carrie. (laughs) Jerk. (laughs)